live from digital address GA099-3341. Good evening and welcome to Joy 99.7 FM and to tonight's edition of Springboard, your virtual university. Technology is anything that wasn't around when you were born. Now that quote from computer scientist Alan Kay is dedicated to all those of us who always thought that technology only referred to digital devices and the internet. A lot of the time we get caught up with buzzwords like blockchain and artificial intelligence. But today we'll take a look at technology across the spectrum to see how it can enable businesses to flourish. Now, Springboard is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy and your superstation, Joy 99.7 FM. The broadcast is made possible by the kind courtesy of MTN, Ghana's number one eco- network, EcoBank, the Pan-African Bank, and our print media partner, The Graphic Business. A huge thank you for joining us on Joy 99.7 FM and on Facebook, streaming on Albert N. Yokran, Comfort Okran A, and Joy 99.7 FM. My name is Jojo Okran, and I am here with your regular host, Albert Okran. Well, I lost that one. Albert Okran, and on behalf of the virtual academic board comprising Comfort, Matthew, Priscilla, Amos, and Emmanuel, let me invite you for another entrepreneurial discussion, this time with a focus on technology and equipment. So for some time, I'll be looking at the foundations of business. What is it that people require to be able to build business successfully from the scratch? We've covered money, manpower, marketing, materials and today we are looking at equipment or technology needs of a business in our data is keen segment if your continent has 18 times the population of one country and 47 times its landmass and you have the same gdp you have a problem that is the story of africa versus france and so we ask ourselves some very tough questions about where we are and how to get to where we want to be. You don't want to miss that one if you are passionate about this continent. And in our Game Changer segment, Jojo will give us some thoughts about the the power of empathy as we look at enriching the experience in business and with the customer. Jojo, what do you have for today? So tonight we are joined by two technology experts. Um, Josiah Christy Edison Asen is the co-founder of the iSpace Foundation, an innovation and technology hub that gives startups access to the funding, the mentoring, and the peer community they need to really thrive in the startup world. And Derry Dean Dazi is the co-founder of Dream Oval and a long-standing friend of Springboard. Derry is currently the CEO of the Ghana Chamber of Technology. Josiah, welcome to Springboard. Thank you for having me. Right, so let's go on to our, our case for today. We have a very interesting case for today. Last two weeks, it was about the, the man who had won... 100,000 from MTN in the Heroes of Change and how he could become the next Mark Zuckerberg or Bill Gates. What would it take? Last week we looked at an interesting case study of a delegation from the Ghana Expert Promotion Council, a delegation of Rattan Weavers who were sponsored by the G, uh, Ghana Expert Promotion Council to go to the US to look for um, business deals and they came back empty handed because they didn't have the capacity. Uh, tonight, what's our case study, Juju? So we're looking at a little bit of a silent revolution in chop bars across the country. A lot of them are beginning to replace their traditional sweaty pounders with fufu pounding machines in the kitchen. And one may say that, you know, is the sweat that gives it that little flavor. So in your view, Josiah, <laughs> what are the potential health efficiency and financial implications of such a shift? 
Okay, I mean, interesting question. So when you look at the health side of things, obviously, if the, um, are you looking at it from the person pounding the fufu or the person actually making it? Um, mostly the eater. The eater, the, right. Yes. So for us, I guess the sweaty bit is out of it, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it being put in the machine is quicker. Ideally, it will be healthier because, mm-hmm. again, the environment in which it's being prepared is um, technically healthier. So from our point of view, yes, it's healthier. But from the financial point of view, would it make the fufu much more expensive? Because you have to think about everything else that goes into it, right? Um, it's not just the machine. If the person is operating using electricity now, mm-hmm. right? And they probably have to have a generator just in case light goes off. Right. Then all of these implications goes in. So, so are they going to charge us now because they scaled up with technology? Mm-hmm. Say, because when somebody was pounding it, maybe the food that they used to give you two city was big. But now that they put it in the machine, the sizes will shrink, right? Because right. they need to kind of maximize on the cost of the machine that they purchased in the first place. And so we have to be kind of careful um, in being excited about technology and its effect it's not just the fact that you move from just pounding the fufu to the machine again if i was just pounding the fufu i can just kind of measure it but now that it's a machine you're just thinking okay how can i maximize the whole system right and then charge people because i'm using the machine right all right so um just uh, you you bring up some very interesting points and i'm sure Derry will have his own thoughts on that but let me start off from the fact that this was actually going to be uh, not a judgment call on technology, but yeah. the reality of adoption when it comes to technology. Mm-hmm. So many times in our discussions, people have assumed that when we say technology, are looking at mobile devices, right. complex blockchain, artificial intelligence. It's going to suck people from their jobs, and so the whole there's a whole disconnect between our day-to-day lives and technology. But of course, if you have um, a, a, a software that can can easily yesterday I was doing a, uh, I was creating um, um, something that I, I needed to to work with and I found out that a software that could just do it very quickly for me I was going to be manually with Excel just because I found the software I could generate it in a minute that is technology right so on a day to day basis the things that we use so we in in a conference yesterday one of the speakers mentioned this and I'm going to put him on the on the, on the line very shortly one of the speakers mentioned that he had stumbled on this information that many had made the switch. Now, the, the, I presume that is because it is working for them. It's profitable. They are able to estimate how much they can generate in an hour, and they can plan with it. So that is a discussion we are having. And you are bringing up the fact that it's not just about jumping at a new opportunity. It's also about the economics of the dairy. Let's come to you. Welcome to Springboard. Last week you were. You were mentioned because one of your mentees was in the studio, somebody who had worked with you who had a lot of high praise for you. Interestingly, right. when you spoke to you, you also had high praise for him. But that was the case of uh, Chef Kiko, who had left yeah. his job as a programmer to go and be a full-time chef. Yeah. Let me just take half a minute to find out your thoughts about just that the bravery of or the boldness of the young man in pursuing his dream. Yeah, um, thank you very much, Albert, and good evening to all the listeners. Um, so... Chef Kiko, uh, who is a very good developer, if I say good, he actually built products that were being used by consumers or customers. And at a point, he felt that he had to respond to a calling, an innate calling. You say it very beautifully, like, like a pastor about to respond to a calling. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 that, and that's the beauty, beauty about it. He had, he had to respond to his, his internal zeal 
to make people happy through cuisine. You know, so he 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 did some he did some great programming and one point said that he wanted to go and cook. He wanted to go and cook for be a chef. I I gave him my blessings. I thought it was I, I believe that people should always pursue what they believe that they can actually do well or want to do because I also have the belief that life is a journey. Right? He can be a chef today and as a chef he could find something very novel or something very disruptive because of one his background in computing and also his innate inclination towards cooking. Talking of which he actually made a very startling revolution on the show. He says the the the, the programming Software and cooking are the same. It yeah. all requires deconstructing things, and then it was just amazing. Yeah, there's a logic in there. <laughs> yeah, that's what he thought. But let's come to technology, which is our subject for today. And right. today, our case study is about um, something I stumbled on yesterday that said that many people had shift, shifted from pounding food the traditional way to using machines. Right. And I know that um, Pastor Table mentioned this thing on Springboard three years ago and made a few enemies because some people said, listen, they will pound it the traditional way. But I found out that. Um, from the program and the discussions that followed that quite a number of people had migrated to doing it with the machine because right. they found it more convenient, more predictable. And so the question that we wanted to start with is what are the potential benefits of this technology in terms of efficiency, financial potential? We don't have the numbers, but mm-hmm. health implications of shifting from a manual way of doing it that we obviously know has issues of sweat. Somebody's finger could get damaged. All kinds of issues, but this is a different way to do it, Derry. Right, so talking about fufu today, I ate fufu that was done with a blender. Ah, yeah. so you also... (laughs) Yeah, so um, maybe, I don't know whether you're being prophetic with true. Retrospectively. Yeah, reverse (laughs) prophecy. Um... But that, that was a reality on the ground. And I was insisted that, ah, why don't you either go for Nitrufu or something? She wanted to do the blender way. So she goes on YouTube to go and watch what others are doing and then tries her own. Right. So this this whole pension, this whole move away from the traditional way of doing it and exploring either Nitrufu or, or, or let's say powdered Fufu or a blender or a machine, is that not adoption of technology? It is. It, it is adoption of technology. And it also is human's penchant to always find better ways of doing things. So that inclination, that desire to always go the extra inch for everything that is already being done is, is in it. It's God-given, right? Otherwise, it would have been in Adam and Eve state till today. We are not in Adam and Eve state because of that natural thing that we always want to go the extra mile for every milestone that we achieve as people. Right. And that makes us the powerful people that we are. So uh, when it comes to tech, one of the key questions I always ask is, the time between finding the technology solution to any existing task, right? Um, so the, the, how do you call it? The time that you find that technology solution and the time that you, the time that you used to use to do any other thing. So for example, you used to use five hours to, okay, this is two hours to do for food. Now you found a better way of doing it. So you can do it within 15 minutes. Now between that time saved, what are you using it for? So that is where the human fills the gap by finding new, new research or trying to find new ways of doing things. So humans are insatiable when it comes to our quest to always find better ways of doing things. And that's why we have technology. That's why we try to infuse different equipment or different technology solutions. Now I'm not talking about just algorithmic technology or 
the, the, the beautiful words that we use these days, digital or anything like that, but any form of means that people use to do things very easily. I think that it is natural in humans to pursue um, advancement in whatever they are doing, and that is what is driving the, the, the speed of technology adoption um, in our world today. Right. So if you are listening to me tonight and you use a digital electronic or digital toothbrush, please remember that some time ago you were using a, walking, a chewing stick. Then you moved to a toothbrush, or if you are very, very traditional, you probably are using some charcoal and some... <laughs> So, some still do. <laughs> some still do. So, chewing stick, chewing sponge, charcoal, with, with, with all kinds of things, and now you are using, you've moved from toothbrush to electronic toothbrush, and then even other solutions that I don't want to mention here. But it's just that continuous quest for an easier, simpler, faster, cheaper way of doing it. When it comes to Josiah, but let me bring on board um, BKC, my friend Bernard um, Clive. He was the one who um, mentioned this point at uh, an event yesterday. Bernard, good evening. Good evening, Reverend. So let me find out from you. Um, let's start with you. Are you a user of the Fufu machine? Yes, I do use it. What, what, what drove you personally to start using it? Because the first time in a conversation with my cousins and on, on an upcoming party, they mentioned that, oh, it's quite easier using the prepared than we all the guys coming around to you know pound with food that's you no know, a lot of energy and you know sweat that kind of thing so we decided to give it a try and it was good and subsequently we said on every occasion if you want fufu this will be a better option for the mass uh, coming around to enjoy good fufu which is easier to prepare and get along so that's what got me started Josiah thinks that it was laziness that made you adopt the solution because you didn't want to pound the food. But let me let me, let me let me let me hit on something that is very interesting. There was a developmental um, a conference that we went for, and from what you are saying, if the guys had gone to pound the food while we were pounding the food, some of them could have found potential wives and so on. And so by not pounding the food, you probably blocked somebody's chance to get a wife. So in a developmental conference we went for, um. Mm-hmm. The development partners looked at what they thought was the greatest need of the community, and they felt the women were traveling a certain number of kilometers to fetch water and come back. So in their magnanimity, they felt, no, 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 why should they waste time and travel to go and fetch the water and come back? So they came to dig a, a well in the village. Nobody used it. The next day, the women traveled back to fetch the water where they were fetching it. Guess why? Because the men were there. No, there was a social contract. On the way to the well, they de- they distress. They talk about the issues from the home. How are you coping? Coping mechanism, sociocultural engagement. That is important. So when you are pounding the food and the sweat is coming, there is some <laughs> conversation going on. You, you you take that one out of the machine. What do you have to say to that? So so the thing about about this about technology is that initially it's quite difficult for people to adapt to it. So you're going to break some culture, I mean, gardens, rules like this. But over time, there'll be new ways of people socializing or get, getting, getting together. But the initial stage is going to break the norm. Now we're not going to work together. We're going to uh, pound together, sweat and talk and chat and all that. That fine is broken. But with time, okay, whilst we go to the mail or coming back, or, there'll be something else that will come up that will cause people to enjoy the food or the meal, the, the previous stages. So that's initially, we, we, we will fight it. Oh, we, we, we are not getting along, we are not socializing, breaking some few things. But we are going to develop new ways 
to get along again. All right, Bernard, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play the thoughts of Pastor Otterville that he shared. Not about the food. That one, I'll leave that one for today. But at this year's springboard, he threw a challenge to the speakers, to tech experts, to the leading technology gurus in this country and said, we must deliberately point technology towards some of the critical needs of our society like agriculture and healthcare and so on. If not, we'll be excited about the technology, but as poor as we were before or as deprived as we were before because it's not solving the key issues. Something that Derry almost alluded to when he talked about the fact that if we are able to get better, way of, better ways of doing things, we save ourselves probably an hour and 45 minutes, which, which we can channel to something else. Let's say the thoughts of Pastor Tabo shared at Springboard. Please don't go away. My challenge to... Kofi and Selom and all of you who are the forefront of this is, are we going to have another yoking of an ox and a donkey in Africa? Where something that supposedly is beneficial to us ends up breaking us. And that is how we should approach this future. So far, as I understand it, and I'm saying this for the benefit of those at the forefront of this technology, so far as I can see and I can be fabulously wrong, but from my small vantage point, I have not seen the digital technology qualitatively transform anything about the core of our lives in Africa. Because much as I know how to use my iPhone and WhatsApp and Instagram and pay money uh, and give my offering, I give all my offerings digitally. Has it solved any major problem? Well, I will say there are about three major problems we have that we have to solve. One is hunger. Uh, no matter how much you can momo money, if it is not solving the basic problem of food production, that technology is not really affecting us positively. We have a health problem. The primary reason why we die by diseases is because of unhealthy, unsanitary environment. So I would want to see if I say that a technology is benefiting Africa. Not only must it give me food and make food cheap so that the average person, Ghanaian, can go to bed every day with at least one solid meal that can keep his body actively functioning. If we can't find a way to solve that, then the digital technology can be just a nice way to stream videos and have fun, but really it is not answering your core questions. If it cannot help us to solve sanitation and health problems, 
then it is not solving our core problems. So my challenge to those at the forefront of this revolution, I appreciate all the nice things you are doing and the apps you are creating, the games you are creating, uh, but is it solving the core problems of our continent? Food and health. Obviously, education comes in. It is 23 minutes past the hour of 7. If you just joined us, this is a, an, a convocation of thought about technology. Our guests in the studio, Josiah and Derry, as we begin to unpack the issue of technology, digital solutions, and man or mankind so far we've been looking at the adoption or the rapid adoption of fufu machines as an alternative to physical pounding now that is along the lines of food production or food processing now the fact that it emerged that not just individuals but food joints are embracing it in their numbers means that it is a solution that people are finding helpful. Dr. Table throws three areas that we should be looking at. Education, health and sanitation, agric and food production. He says, while some of the solutions we have are, are exciting, these are our biggest need areas. And so anything that goes to those ones goes to the very heart of our lives. This is about food production or food processing. Um, Josiah, I want to believe that the reason why anyone will choose technology is one, because it does things cheaper. Two, because it is faster. Mm -hmm. Three, because it is more efficient and it uses less resources to get more results. And four, because it makes one more productive. Those, in my opinion, should be the four reasons why a technology should be adopted. Is that correct? Yeah, you, know, you, you can argue that. But it's, I think we live in a society where we push people to think about money. So it's like, okay, I need to be rich before I can tackle societal problems, right? And I am opposite of that. Right. So when you look at Ghana, for example, when it rains, everybody's panicking because this whole Accra turns into a swimming pool, right? Now, sanitation, we talk about gutters that just open or blocked or choked or whatever, right? I have people that are doing IoT. So all it is, you can What's put um, just Internet of Things, right? So you can put sensors in certain parts of the gutters itself so that when it chokes, it can send off signals to the right sanitation organizations or whatever to say, okay, this particular gutter along, let's say, um, Joy FM Road is blocked, right? So we need to literally um, unblock it before the rain comes, right? Technology can do that. So when people dump stuff in there and it blocks, the sensors goes off. So we don't have to wait for the rain to come before everything goes. And you've got kids around this nation that can do that, right? We can even use that as a <laughs> national program, run a hackathon, and encourage kids to come out with these kind of problems. Now, talk about sanitation. You're walking down the street. You can see garbage everywhere. People, we can build a platform. People take pictures, right, upload it in the cloud. It tells you exactly the location, and then we tag the organization that's responsible for that. If we give them, let's say, what, two hours, three hours to sort that, if I then come to the same area and the, bin, um, the garbage is still there, we need to hold those people accountable. This is where technology comes in. Technology is not physically coming in to just, you know, take the garbage off the floor. We're just using it as a tool. 
So even these mobile phones, that nowadays when you see people fighting, everybody's so quick to take out their mobile phone. Yeah, record it and put it on YouTube because you want to go viral. But you're not using exactly the same platform for these kind of things. See, so again, yes, we have infrastructure problems, but here's where technology can help us do that. So when it comes to bins, it comes to gutters and all of those other things, you can do that. Now, talking about healthcare, right? You go to the hospital, then you need to pass your card from one to person, and then it's a whole like a chain of nurses sitting together passing off um, cards to each other, right? We have people that can write a simple software that you just identify a name and a number you tag it to a person. If I come in there, I give you my ID number. It's easy. The doctor, literally, I can sit at home, take a picture of my um, injury, send it to a doctor. The doctor can tell me, oh, this is, this is the kind of treatment you need, or there's a pharmacy along the way, you can go get your medicine. So I don't need to go to the hospital for all of these things. What that does is it will reduce the number of hours that you spend at the hospital. Doctors then can then take care of, you know, emergencies that mm-hmm. it's much more important than people just going up and down. So for me, when we talk about technology, let's not... You made a point. Let's not make it seem like this far out thing. So we already have the tools anyway. We need to make it useful. We need to create um, softwares that makes it useful. At the moment, everybody wants to do games and whatnot. We need to create platforms that makes people use these things. And I'll call it um, content relevance, right? Because right. if it's not relevant, nobody's going to use it. It is 28 minutes past the hour of seven. Let's break it down into four areas. Let's mm. talk about the design. Right. Let's talk about the deployment of the technology. Let's talk about the using of it. And then let's talk about the wholesale adoption. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. But Derry, sorry. Yeah. Derry, um, why, why, uh, where, where, why do we get stuck at some parts of this journey? Why are we not able to complete the full cycle? Because sometimes, from what Josiah is saying, some of the technologies have probably already even been designed. Some of them have been deployed, but maybe by just one person or two persons. I mean, I've had people come into the studio and actually talk about some of these technologies being used in hospitals, being used in places. It's not that they are now being designed. They are there. But the reason why we brought this simple example about food is that we are impressed with what Momo, MTN Momo has been able to do. It's been adopted wide, significantly across the nation because... There was a need that was staring at us in the face, and there was a solution that was available, and the need and the solution met. Mm-hmm. So the big question that we are asking, where is the next one going to come from? What What is likely to be that next one that the need and the solution will meet, and there will be a mass adoption? Because it's not enough to hear one or two people, George is using it, Derek is using it, and Josiah is using it. But we want to hear it being used wide and solving. You can, you can make a calculation and say, as a result... This has dropped by this percentage. There are some things you are using now that, if I tell you that some time ago, I mean, even I use it, I used toothbrushes. Do you know that some time ago it was an elitist product? But right. now in the villages, they brush their teeth with brushes. It's no longer a big issue. But some time ago, access was for a few people. Mm-hmm. Derry, is there likely to be some big one that is coming up soon? So, um, you made some very um, important point. Um, how do we get into the next? frontier where a certain kind of technology which can be equated to a momo you know take society by storm and mm. people mm. start using it one of the key things that we need to recognize is the way people use technology or the way technology evolves or is generated or created also has to do with the societal orientation 
right? If we have a society that doesn't ha- doesn't have the orientation of one technology utilization or awareness to want to deploy technology or that natural desire to use technology to solve problems, then we are not going to get to the point where we will have a society where we have the problems that are many being solved in different ways. Right now we have we have so many problems. But people have chosen the economically viable um, problems to pursue because they need to survive. Because the limited resources are channeled and they must get a return. Right. But if we have a society that is oriented or that that has a natural orientation towards solving problems, irrespective of need, for example, where do we do air conditions at? Where, is air con- where are air conditions coming from? It's not coming from we Africans or the tropics here. It's coming from where it's very cold. How come they find it so cold there, but they still create air condition? They actually use heaters more. Where do we do solar panels? We have a lot of sunshine here. How come we didn't do the sunshine? But somebody who has limited sunshine in a year actually goes out there to do solar systems. It's because they have a an orientation towards R&D, they have an orientation towards solving problems, not just based on a mass need, but based on a natural desire to want to make society better or to have society improve. So um, from that perspective, if we want to be able to solve some of the problems that you mentioned, as I mentioned about, you know, the things that we think are basic and very standard, then we need to get people having awareness towards those challenges because we, we speak about them but what about the desire what about that mental you know tweaking that would say just not let's not talk alone but let's pump resources and do something about them and who should do that pumping right and see that's what i was going to ask you right so you have government you have private sector yeah. right and then you have the um i would say the normal people right now government needs to bring in policies right yeah. People like you and I, who are involved in the tech, we are the ones that need to be like futuristic, right? Because right. all of these technologies that we're using, you rightly pointed, none of them is being created by us as Africans, right? So we be very reactive. So everything that we need to solve our problems here becomes very expensive because we did not create it. So we need to then go back to the drawing board. Rather than chasing the advancement of Europe, we need to go back to the drawing board that how can we locally develop in order to solve our own problems and it becomes cheaper because if you're expecting the government to then put in money into let's just say solar panels for example right the policies that they probably signed up for literally ties up their hands because if you go and borrow money from germany for example right as a Ghanaian government you go and borrow money from germany there are little clause in it that would say allow some of these companies that we have to come into your nation right so that means our government cannot fund a solar panel project but we can as private sector and, and right you're, and you're absolutely right and so to add to what you're saying mm-hmm. that means that society in itself we need to start desiring more than the bread and butter problems because if we right. cry over the bread and butter things which i know are very important mm-hmm. then you are pushing the leaders that be to go and look for the resources to solve those problems so like that's why i always want to talk about social orientation because mm-hmm. If the society does not have that natural orientation to want to utilize tech, and our mindset is always set on the bread and butter, eat, survive and go big, then 
yes, government could go for the loan, but they're going to use a loan to solve the problems that the society wants. From a design thinking point of view, you mm-hmm. solve problems that people have. You, right. don't, you don't conjure problems in the I mean, solutions in the air for problems that people don't think they have. It is 34 minutes past the house. And it's turning into a blockbuster debate between Derridine and, and Josiah. It's, it's that kind of engagement that we want around the things that concern us. We want to ask ourselves, how do we move our lives forward? When we come back from this segment, we will be going to our data skin segment where there will be an equally controversial or thought-provoking, if I may put it that way, uh, statistic about the correlation between Africa and France. And that will be brought to us by Amos from our research desk. But let me say that Springboard is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy and your superstition joy 99.7 FM and is proudly sponsored by Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank, MTN, Ghana's number one network. And of course, Graphic Business provides the print media support. Let's take a message from Ecobank, from Juju, and then when we come back, we will move into our data is king segment. Do you? So the Ecobank Express Point allows you to access basic banking services across the country. Enjoy Ecobank Express Point services after banking hours, including weekends and holidays. Locate an Ecobank Express Point nearest to you at selected shell shops, pharmacies, grocery shops, ECG vendor points, and mobile money merchant locations. Enjoy the following services at our Express Points. Open an instant Ecobank Express account, deposit and withdraw cash from your Ecobank accounts, redeem e-tokens, receive international remittances, and to locate an Ecobank Express point, simply dial star 770 hash, select 8 for Express Locator, select your region, enter the first three letters of your area, and begin to transact today. Ecobank, your CIMG marketing-oriented company of the year. Ecobank, your CIMG Hall of Fame bank. Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank. Indeed, Ecobank is the Pan-African Bank and Springboard is the virtual university. Let me say a big good evening to um, Barbara Eshiring. Today is your birthday and you are celebrating the goodness of the Lord. And so this is dedicated to you. Let me say also another big one to Makayla Adibrooks. Today is your birthday as well and you are celebrating the goodness of the Lord. My sister Joy celebrated a birthday this week. This is also for you all the way in the USC. Enjoy the song Rejoice by Sinatch. And then when we come back, Amos will give us that statistic about Ghana versus France that is getting all of us up in arms, please don't go away. I hope you have your dancing shoes on. You have your dancing shoes on? All right, all right. Touch somebody, say it's time to rejoice. Give somebody a high five. It's time to rejoice. Say, neighbor, give me some room. Give me some room. As you can see, I'm ready to rejoice. Woo-hoo-hoo. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Rejoice in his presence. I'm going to dance and praise him. Come on.
And so this one goes to Elder Amos Kevin Annan on the occasion of your 50th birthday that fell this week, my brother. Amos Kelvin Annan, your 50th birthday, and we give God thanks for your life. Barbara assuring this song is for you. Makayla Adibu, this song is for you. And of course, Joy Araba Hatton Okran, this song is yours. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. Enjoy. Rejoice in Him. Postman, I'm at the bank. Really? But your car is in front of your house. Bro, my bank on my phone, Charlie. Oh, how? Ecobank, bro. With Ecobank Mobile app, I can do everything, anywhere, anytime. Listen, I just checked my account balance, paid Amazon school fees, and sent money to my grandma at Wale Wale. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Masa, just download the Ecobank Mobile app from the Google Play Store or the App Store or dial star 770 hash and be your own bank manager. Manager, manager. Whether to pay bills or fees, to check account statements, send money across Ghana, abroad, and more. Ecobank Mobile app has got it covered. Ecobank Mobile, making everyday people live everyday lives the Ecobank way. Ecobank, the African bank. Everyone says I'm a Kosia filler, but it's not like I'm nosy. I'll go out to find out the latest filler. It's just that I get 50 megabytes of data free after paying for only the first minute of every phone. And so I just keep discovering stuff minute after minute. That's how come I was minding my business, scrolling through my timeline, and I found out what a new baby. Oh, and lastly, I learned Ken won the lottery. You see, Ken is my brother's friend. So hello. Look who's about to go with the rich and famous. <laughs> Enjoy even more value with MTN Free After One. You only pay for the first minute of your call on MTN Free After One. And the rest is free. Plus, you enjoy free 50 megabytes worth of data to browse your favorite sites. Open where? Open there. So dial star 315 to sign up. We pay for you everywhere you go. Terms and conditions apply. It's 19 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock, and now data is key segment. Today we highlight the developmental gap with a focus on Africa and France. Amos is our head of research, and he's here to present it. Amos, what have the experts been saying that have been annoying us this week? So this evening, our data is king section. We've captioned it, Africa versus France. And it's based on data we have compiled from IMF, from the CIA World Fact Book, and also Wikipedia. It says the combined gross domestic product of the 54 economies in Africa is estimated at 2.45 trillion. This is the same GDP of France. So 54 countries, same GDP as one country. Now Africa with 1.2 billion people has 18 times the population of France and 47 times the landmass of France. So the question, one of the questions we are asking this evening is with so many people and seemingly limitless resources, why are we so far behind in development? Now, according to the bestseller written by Darren Asimoglu and James Robinson, Why Nations Fail, they say that creativity Innovation and technological change are the keys to economic growth. So the second question we are asking this evening is, 
what must we do as African nations to change the status quo? Thank you very much, Amos. It's from our research desk. It's, 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 just, uh, yeah, yeah, it's almost like it's been laid on the plate for you. You're so excited. Yeah. Yeah. But those are the kinds of discussions that uh, we want to continue having about, about um, in our quest to achieve our goals. Um, why is Africa so far behind? Why is it that we have so much and yet seemingly so little? Let me tease out your thoughts first, Derry. First of all, the statistic, are you, are you surprised? Uh, 18 not. times the land mass of France, for, uh, uh, 18 times the population, and then 47 times the land mass, and yet um, our GDP is the same. Yeah, and um, first of all, I'm not surprised because it's, it's been, since I was born, it's been that we always play catch-up. And I believe that uh, nobody has actually caused us to have that revolution in our minds that maybe we should not accept catch-up, for want of a better catch-up in as the norm. Right. We should rather make it an exception. And for me, I think it's fundamental. Isn't it the case that anyone who, anyone who tries to push us rapidly outside our comfort zone becomes the enemy? Is that a case? Uh, for me, I believe for me, I still think there's a society. It's how we think. And like you said, so if I'm pushing you, one day you become the end. Why? Is it because you didn't push me with the right language? Is it because you didn't push me with the right structure? Sorry, I can't push you with a smile. I can't push you with a smile. <laughs> with it has to be a compelling push. I, 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 get, I get you on that, but we, we need to get to a point where we create a society where everybody is inclined, has a desire, has the orientation wants to see a change through some better ways of doing it, like using technology. If that mindset is not there, it's very tough to to cause any change, to be able to leapfrog and then catch catch up with France or even overcome France. I'm going to come to um, Josiah, but Darren Asiboglu and, and James Robinson in their book, Why Nations Feel, say, listen, it's a simple thing. If we don't deploy creativity, innovation and technology, forget it, we will never get there. What I thought you Okay, so let's be real. Francophone countries still to today pay France for colonizing them, right? Straight off. That's the point you just super shit. Right? Out. Now, Ivory Coast and Ghana, cocoa producers are number one. Anybody can argue if they want, right? But they have policies in place. Ivory Coast cannot sell their cocoa until France either rejects it and then tells them who they can sell it to. So first, right? so first option. Exactly. Okay. So then along the whole value chain, they control everything. So you're right? saying that France is a beneficiary of exactly. Africa's hard work. So the system is already let's being carried a bag on my oh, head. Why, why can't we just stop it? No, no, no. But you see, this is easy. Let me carry the bag on my head and migrate from France. Right. So that the discussion does not become about France, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, about a certain model. Right. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's look at it from one, techno how do we evolve technologically? Yes, yes. Let, let me come to technology. I'll come to technology. I anticipated this France response, and so I'm going to move to Japan. Japan hasn't colonized anyone, so you will not be offended. They did, actually. Japan has, they have not colonized Africans. No, no. So let's go to Japan. So according to the same data that I'm looking at here, Japan has 126 million people, and that is 10% of Africa's population, mm -hmm. one-tenth. So that means we have 10% so or, or, or 10 times Japan's 
population. We have 1.2 billion. They have 126 million. But yeah. guess what? We make 2.5 trillion a year. Japan makes 4.8. If France's own offended you, Japan is twice that of France. What's your response? That does not offend me. But let's be real. Africa's population is very youthful, correct? Mm. And it's almost, I think, one, some genius person said, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, then you will be stupid, right? So because we are younger, we should right. be poor. No, no, no. We're not poor. Let's not, Africa is Africans that are poor. Africa is not poor. Let's not confuse the two. Okay, so because we've not, we don't know how to manage our resources at the moment. That right? means we, poor. No, no, no. We are trading our resources with an older brother. It's like you and your older brother, right? Your, your older brother is like Jacob Iso. Well, Jacob was younger. He treated that you won. Right. <laughs> if you want to put it like that, right? <laughs> but if you want revolution, right, then that means we have to totally disengage from the system, right? For purposes of tonight's discussion, uh -huh. let's stick with the recommendations yeah. of the book, right? Why Nations Feel. Uh -huh. And the reason why we brought this one up is that it says that technology, which is our baby, is the hope for Africa. Yes. Do you agree or disagree? Oh, I do agree. But the point is, if you're going to, let's just say, this mobile phone, right? Let's, let's, let's leave out our big brothers, yeah, as, yeah. as you call this them. This mobile phone. Africa, uh -huh. 2.5 billion. Forget about who colonized us. Right. Forget about who has 4.8. Mm -hmm. Forget about who also has 2.5. Right. We want to double it. We mm -hmm. want to move forward. Right. And they are saying creativity, innovation, and technology. Right. That is the key. But we have all of these already. But we don't have the systems in place to monetize that. Right? Mm -hmm. So when you look at the music industry, people are very creative. Music is coming out, but how do we even pay for that to start with? How do we monetize that? When you look at the film industry, right, we are making money from it, or should I say we're creating great movies, but how are we making money from it? So if we're not building these platforms to monetize from things, then to me, that is the problem. We don't know how to monetize or we haven't monetized anything. When you look at them like payment platforms at the moment, right, most of them in Ghana right now, our populations were like 25 million. How many payment platforms do we have? I'm going to come to Derry on that very shortly. Derry is an yeah, authority yeah. in payments. So let, <laughs> before I come to Derry, let me just read a few thoughts from our listeners. Jeremiah says, Jeremiah Wabin says, it's even more shocking when you consider literacy levels in Africa, which have risen significantly, but there has been no commensurate increase in GDP. He's saying that we are going to school more, but still are not able to make that impact. Kobla Mensa, that we speaking on Facebook, says, just compare us with Singapore and they were importing potable water from Malaysia at the time of the split. It's the quality of our brain. Eric Apiakubi says the resource case phenomenon, 63% of their repatriated profits come from Africa. He's talking about the France issue. Archibald Kwame Fredwajman says it is corruption which has been our bane. Ebenezer Komla Gavua says strong leadership is the number one problem in Africa, Amarok Van Sakodia writing on Facebook says, This, I think, Wallerstein explains this best in his world system theory analysis. He exposes the unequal international labor division between the global south, which is terms as the periphery, and then the, the core societies. Well, these are the thoughts of our listeners trying to analyze the gap between ourselves and what they call the core societies. There yeah. If they say technology is the enabler that can change it all. From a non-technology point of view, I tend to believe them because I take one example like Momo. 
today, whether we like it or not, from any part of the world, I can conveniently cut my cost by dealing with vendors that I deal with on a regular basis, service providers, and just when I decide to make my payments from the comfort of anywhere in the world, I can pay them all, I can initiate transactions, and that means also that I can do business with somebody from end to end without ever seeing them right. because of the power of one solution. Derry, right. if you got three more momos, wouldn't that make us richer? Uh, uh, definitely. And, and technology, um, how do you call it, in Ghana and across the world, um, payment is actually very fundamental for a, a, a society to be enriched through technology because when people, when people are exchanging value, money has to change hands. And if you have a technological means of transferring that money, then people create more value because it's easy for them to access those monies. But what, what technology has done is that it has bridged the gap between distances. So now people go on platforms like Alibaba to do their own supply chain stuff. Uh, when it comes to health, there are platforms that support health systems. Yes, Ghana is lagging behind, but technology is enabling. If you go to certain hospitals in Ghana, you realize that they're actually very I mean, knee deep in, into technology. Yeah, I've, uh, I've experienced it. Yeah. Very serious. Very serious. When it comes to transportation, and you, you find a lot of Ghanaians trying to actually work around our social problems to put in place technolo- te- technological solutions. Where the where the where the gap is is one the infrastructure for these Ghanaians to be able to deploy their technologies at scale, and that is very fundamental because. Technology, at the end of the day, the last mile is to give people a fulfilling life. Technology is not some mystery or some cyborg or some uh, what we used to watch in Terminator, very some crazy thing. It's, it's something that's supposed to make people's life better, right? So um, what, 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 what I see is that uh, we have, what I see is that we have a lot of, a lot of technology out there, a lot of Ghanaians out there, young people who are trying to do amazing stuff through tech. But the challenge in there is, one, the infrastructure gap, two, the adoption gap. And adoption gap sometimes is due to the literacy gap because if people don't understand or people cannot be educated in the language, that makes it easy to tell them about technology or that makes it easy to teach them about the technology, then you're going to have... You're going to find it difficult to transfer, not only transfer on the technology front, you know, to enable them to adopt um, the technology. So fundamentally, we need to fix things around our education to make technology a part and parcel of every Ghanaian and the desire to research, the mental orientation. We need to, create, we need to have Ghanaians who just think and want to solve problems using available um, tools um, um, to deal with them. Infrastructure. Adoption and literacy. When I come back to Deridine and um, Josiah, it will be to find their final thoughts. If they can look into the crystal ball and tell me which one technology is likely. Listen, I just want an answer, straight answer, no discussion. Which one area or one technology is likely to be the next MTN Mumu? When I come back. But it's time now for our game changer segment where Juju explores interesting things that just were game changers for people or are changing lives in any part of the world. You know what you have for today? So this week, um, we're taking a bit of a break from our small business big value series and we're just going to celebrate an incredible act of humanity and sportsmanship. So for athletic fans, the IAAF World Championship is the highlight of the calendar year. It's only second to the Olympics. And so during the men's 5,000 meter heat, 
there was a moment which had the whole crowd standing up and cheering on their feet. For all intents and purposes, the race had already ended. The victor had crossed about five minutes ago. But for Sonkadabo of Guinea-Bissau, it was all about finishing the race and setting his personal best time. But with 200 meters to the finish, Dabo noticed that an Aruba runner called Jonathan Busby was about to pass out from exhaustion. He set aside his personal best and helped the guy up and helped him to cross the finish line where he actually just collapsed and was taken away on a wheelchair. This week, our game changer is empathy. Now, Dabo's moment of sacrifice won him the admiration of the entire sporting community, but there was a bit of a twist in the tale. Even though he stopped to help Busby up, he actually still beat his best, his personal best time. So empathy can be defined as the ability to understand and share the emotions of another person. And if you're wondering how empathy translates to the corporate world, consider this. 60% of employees would be willing to take a pay cut if their employer showed empathy, whereas almost 80% of employees would actually leave an employer for equal pay if the other company showed more empathy. To close, I would like to leave you with a quote from Oprah Winfrey. Leadership is about empathy. It is about having the ability to relate to and connect with people for the purpose of inspiring and empowering their lives. Now this week, let us practice empathy by stepping into the shoes of the people around us. Now this has been The Game Changer with Jojo Okren. Have a phenomenal week. I like, I like the smile on your face. Derry was very empathetic when he was talking about um, Chef Kiku. He didn't think about his company's profit. He talked about, he thought about the guy's dream in his heart. That was very empathetic. Let me give you half a minute, Derry. Right. We have just a couple of minutes left. Half right. a minute to tell me. Where in, when you look into the crystal ball as an expert, where are we likely to, which areas are likely to produce the next big technology break for this country? Um, I think there are a lot of um, keywords out there. It's open, open knowledge. I think things around data. Um, take that around that's around data, data technology um, or analytics, artificial intelligence. Um, that is where we are heading towards because things have to be smarter, uh, and we need to process information even um, faster, and a lot of them very very fast. So that in that direction, yeah, we're going to have a lot of technology there. Verification tech to tell the truth. What is truth? Any technology that enables people verify. Um, anything, including right. identity. For example, we are going to vote. So, this the society is about truth because so of data trust verification. Trust. Any technology that, that enhances trust. Trust. That, those are the areas to look at. Yeah. Airbnb is in town. Uber is in town. Yeah. All those are and in town. And you take it because those... you trust them. Right. So there's a, there's a mechanism in there that is enabling you trust that if I if I pick this car, the driver's face is a driver. There's a car number. Right. So all those technologies. Let me, let me give the last chance yeah. to just decide in half a minute, which. Which area? You are an incubator, so you deal with several people. Which areas do you think would open up? I think for me it would be health. Health. Uh, yeah. If we figured out this whole blockchain overriding infrastructure, um, health would be the next game changer because that is the problem that we face. Really. I can tell you what. We'll engage the two of you again because we are on a journey that will take us into next year, looking for solutions that will make our li- the quality of our lives our lives better as Ghanaians. So we'll definitely call you back again as the Lord enables us. Thank you I want to say thank you us. to you, Josiah. Thank you to you, Derry. Come on, Lexus, and work with Jesus. And the topic is comprehensive sexuality education, the take of the church. Pastor Ramsford will host Bishop Fred Kratchimensa and then Dr. Paul Frimpomansi. You don't want to miss that one. Of course, there will be also Bishop Prince Bennywood. Take it home. 
So a big thank you to MTN and Ecobank for sponsoring us. Thank you to the graphic business for the support as well. My name is Jojo Okran, and on behalf of Team Springboard, comprising Albert, Comfort, Matthew, Priscilla, Amos, and Emmanuel, we say a massive thank you for spending time with us tonight. Till we come your way again next week, God bless, God bless you. you. God bless you, and God bless you. Good, Good night. night.